Welcome to this episode of our new AWS podcast series, Innovation Ambassadors. I'm Sarah Armstrong, and as Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping at AWS, I'll act as your ambassador to some of the most interesting engagements with our AWS prototyping teams. Today, we're showcasing the journey of Provectus Algae, a growing biotech startup based in Queensland, Australia. When the science of synthetic biology meets the technology of cloud computing, the result is cyber-physical systems that are being used to innovate sustainable approaches to algae growth with applications ranging from specialty ingredients for the food and beverage industry, animal therapeutics, agriculture, and beyond. I'm excited to welcome to the studio Dr. Andrea Swamer, Head of Information Technology for Perfectus Algae. Thanks for being with us here today, Andreas. Hi, everyone. I'm really glad to be here. And also joining us is Martin Payne from our ANZ prototyping team. Great to have you back, Martin. Yeah, it's great to chat again. Hi, Sarah. So, Andreas, can you share a little bit about what we mean by cyber-physical systems and what Provectus Algae's mission is? Yeah, firstly, our mission, we are basically trying to take CO2 from the atmosphere and turning it into highly valuable products. And we want to do that as efficiently and cost-effective as we can. And we want to do it with as many products as we can. And we are using cyber-physical systems as a tool to achieve that. So what are they? Cyber-physical systems are a combination of information technology and physical systems. The physical systems in our case are bioreactors. It's the vessels where the algae is actually growing, but it's also the algae itself, the biological systems, the organisms, they're all part of the physical system. And we want to control them in a closed system, closed environment where we have control over all the variables through software, automation software, firmware. Uh, we collect all the data, we then use the data to make decisions, ad hoc decisions, but also analyze the data to improve all the processes and optimize all this, the system on all levels. Nice. So you have in your facility these large vessels or vats that are growing this algae and all these sensors, right? Temperature and light and all kinds of different information that you're garnering from these systems. Yeah. That's correct. We do have large tanks at the moment up to 1,500 liters, but we want to scale it up to 10,000, 20,000 liters, depending on the application. And they are fitted out with a lot of different sensors, but also actuators. So uh, basically, we control light, we control uh, water, air, many different aspects, all, all aspects that you can imagine in an environment. But the other thing is also that we actually scale down to very low scales. We're talking about milliliter, even microliter vessels where we can do tests, like where we can test many different uh, strains, parameter sets at once to find the best combination of parameters. Nice. So you have these two different environments, your production environment and then your, your R&D systems where you're, you're innovating and growing new, new materials, right? Pretty much, yes. So we, on the lower scale, we're uh, doing product development, basically, where we try to find the best parameters for a new product. 
Right. Cool. So what brought you to AWS? Tell us a little bit about what, what you were trying to achieve. Yeah, as you can imagine from what I've told, it's a very complex system with many different aspects. We've got all these sensors, actuators, we've got microcontrollers, local hardware servers, we've got the data, we've got software to control the systems, user interfaces, data pipelines. We store everything in the data lake, we analyze the data, we try to optimize the system. So there is a lot to it. And it's very difficult to do that all from scratch. So we were looking for a way to quickly get to production, to quickly actually be able to work on the things that we are actually working on rather than developing just the technology. And with AWS, we found that a lot of services are available already that we need in terms of storage, analytics, data lake, IoT, messaging that we could build on. So that, that brought us to AWS. Nice. So Martin, over to you. Take us um, on, on the further on the journey here. So we have this pretty complex system and very ambitious goal where we know we've got to scale these systems out. Tell us a little bit about how you approach that system. Thanks, Sarah. Um, obviously, we, we did the standard prototyping thing where we want to under, really understand the customer's challenge. Um, and I think in this case, there were a number of different or related challenges. So we had Parallel goals. Um, obviously, there was an industrial IoT process here that needed to be. Uh, we needed to provide patterns for deploying the infrastructure at scale, but that was also interesting because, as Andreas said, they they had quite varied use cases in terms of that IoT hardware. So we had to make it flexible enough that they could adapt it to the current known variations as well as potential future ones. Then there was the, the sort of prototyping goal of providing a nice web front end that was secure, that they could develop their, their thoughts around how they could present a platform for researchers to interact with the research vessels. And this is all new work. So it's it, everything that we were working on, or they were working on in terms of their goals were really greenfield things. So we had the UI, the IoT fleet, um, the associated data lake that would feed into analytics and potential ML and AI applications in the future. And then there was the um, monitoring and also an API for, for controlling the IoT fleet from the uh, from the web platform that we were building. Andreas, you talked a little bit about that scaling up of your production environment and also the need for that elasticity for your R&D environment where maybe sometimes you're running a lot of experiments, maybe sometimes very small was that something that you really wanted to optimize for in this solution? Yes, yeah, so scalability was one of the most important issues. We did have a platform before that was great for prototyping, but it, it just didn't scale. So we needed something where we can, could connect hundreds, thousands of sensors to our vessels and uh, motors and, and all these different devices. And uh, we also captured data very frequently to be able to find out what are the different influences on algae growth and be able to control every single detail basically in the process. So we had a, a lot of data and the data is growing with, with every product, with every vessel, with every sensor that's added. So it's a very complex system. So it really needed to scale and needed to be able to scale into the future, both in terms of complexity, but also in, in terms of size. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining that then there was a cost optimization element to what you were trying to achieve. 
Yes, that's correct. And we were not only looking at minimizing operational costs, but we also wanted to look at the more holistic picture and we wanted to have something that could be developed quickly and we, we, we don't really have the time to, to take, like spend years months, years to develop a complex system because we actually need to get things done. Like we, the IT is basically just a tool for mm -hmm. our production and research. It's not what we develop. Right, right. So Martin, talk us through a little bit of that technology approach that you took to, to help with that scale and elasticity. Yeah, so it was broken in the architecture to deliver all those things was broken up into, I guess, sub-architectures for each of the goals. Even though this was a completely new, biologically driven industrial process that we're looking at, if you sort of squint your eyes a bit it, it, and blur things, it just looked a lot like a, a regular IoT industrial process in some ways as well. So for that part, we just wanted to give them CDK-driven infrastructure building templates to deliver uh, a support for uh, an IoT-connected fleet of green grass controllers, so AWS IoT Core, using the fleet services to securely onboard all these devices at scale. And the CDK, this is all done in CDK, which is the, the cloud development kit, which is essentially lets us define the, all of that infrastructure just as code templates. And then um, there was also a build pipeline to automate the, the testing and building and deployment of all that. That's the IT side. And then to support that, you've got a data lake that takes all the ingested telemetry from these IoT vessels or controllers and then there's um, some monitoring and analytics across the top of that. So you've got kind of a parallel data world of Elasticsearch, um, which I think is now probably um, using something else that, that they've moved to, which Andreas can talk about. But, you know, you've got the immediate visualization of the data for the researchers that powers the web interface. And then you've got the data lake, which is Athena and S3. And then there's Lambda and API Gateway and the uh, IoT broker, the MQTT stuff for the, the the APIs to control the vessels. And then obviously there's the, the single page React, you know, uh, mm -hmm, application, mm -hmm. which is secured with Cognito. So there's, I guess, depending how you look at four or five sub-architectures in there. Mm -hmm. Holistically together, yeah. Mm -hmm. We often talk in this podcast about what the obstacles uh, were along the way, right? We're doing experiments, which presumably is, is near and dear to your heart, Andreas, since that's what you do on a regular basis with algae growth. Talk through us some of those, those obstacles or learnings or surprising um, things that happen. Yeah, sure. So we have a very complex system and to build something with it, uh, it was kind of expected that we actually need an agile approach and we need a lot of uh, communication and collaboration with the prototyping team to come up with the right solution for us. It was one thing that maybe we didn't expect as much that was uh, that became clear was that we needed to find the right terminology to be able to communicate what we needed because it's a very specialized area. Mm -hmm. The other thing was then that we had to look at uh, individual features and uh, one thing, for example, that we needed to look at was the charts which communicating very complex data structures to the user. We knew that the data structures are very complex and, and it was quite challenging or it, it, it's, it is quite challenging to be able to show that to the user in a way that the, the user can really get uh, value out of that. Nice. And so you had to iterate a little bit on how the best, what the best user experience would be for 
displaying that information to these are operators who are using it? Yes, that's right. Uh, can be lab technicians or other people who are trying to optimize the processes. Martin, talk us through some of that that learning that you had. Yeah, I guess the it was an iceberg, right? It was implicit. It should have been obvious when we were looking at defining the problem that that there was, um, you know, biotechnology is obviously a really uh, advanced field in its own, and we're on the prototyping team. We're not biotechnologists, but when it came to actually putting things on screen and putting a name to them and saying this goes here that goes there or we're trying to look at this over time we had to prototyping team members had to really quickly try and get inside the the mind of the Provectus engineers and and all their experience uh, and then articulate that into a a built thing so like Andrea said it was all about defining not just shared terminology but 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 shared terminology that a non biotechnologist could understand that a, just a, a software engineer and prototyping engineer could understand and then play back to the Provectus uh, team in, in a coherent and, and useful way. That was probably the biggest challenge. I think I should have seen that coming, but until, until you until you get to... Until you're in it. Well, you don't know what you don't know uh, until you yeah. really start talking about it. And then it was fine because we work iteratively and that's a given. Um, uh, but the Provectus team was really good at working that way too. So it was just a case of, you know, um, n- not just have your your regular cadence of um, uh, stand-up calls and things. You you immediately call your Provectus twin when you're stuck and you just have, mm-hmm. have a chat on the spot and they were totally available for it. And I think we worked through it. Um, I mean, my perspective was it was that was the fun bit. The hard bit was the fun bit, but um, I, I hope it was. I hope it worked well for them as well. How about you, Andres? Is that did that approach that sort of iterative, agile methodology work well with the culture that you've developed in your own organization? Absolutely, yes. And that was our expectation too that we actually get this culture with the prototyping team to be able to get back to them when we had a new idea or a new question. And on the other hand, that they can come back to us to actually, you know, not go down a rabbit hole and uh, build something that we could actually use. So that that absolutely. That was absolutely working for us, definitely. Nice. So where are we now, Andreas? You've got the, we built out the prototype um, a few months back and presumably you're rolling that out to your facility and the systems there. What, what's what's happening now? Yes, so it, it took a few months to actually bring everything into production, but uh, now we have all our bioreactors running on the uh, system that is based on the AWS prototype. And most recently we've been looking at time stream as a data lake that's a very new service uh, of aws Mm -hmm. to store uh, time series data and uh, and that that seems to be really working really well we just introduced that and it's unfortunately it's not actually available in the sydney region yet but hopefully coming soon and cutting edge Yep. Cutting edge, absolutely. <laughs> You're on the cutting on edge, That's Andrea. Right, so yes. <laughs> both algae growth and time series. Yeah, and so we're storing uh, data in there now. That's that's pretty much where we're at now. So looking back, Andreas, on the experience uh, building with the prototyping team, getting those proof points, and then moving forward with operationalizing those systems, what would you share as your takeaways with our audience members in similar situations? Yeah, so I think it was very important to kind of get a really good idea of what uh, 
what we wanted to get out of it because there are two big aspects kind of that uh, that were a trade-off that where we had to find a trade-off which was on one hand we wanted to get built as much as possible so that we have this complex system where uh, everything is is fitting together we have a ui where you can control the bioreactors we have the data in the data lake uh, we know how to actually use it for machine learning and all these different aspects but uh, also the core features to actually have the messaging with the controllers and being able to um, communicate with them so there were so many features that we kind of wanted to to have and wanted to know how to use but on the other hand we actually needed to have a system that's working not have all these things mm -hmm. that then they don't really work they're like just a template or a, an example we needed to actually have them exactly for our use case and uh, and i think we did find a, a good uh, balance at the end where we had a good foundation for everything, but we still had to refine, configure, and fine-tune the system to actually be able to use it in production. But then that took some time, but then we found afterwards that as we wanted to add features, we already had the boilerplate there basically to know how to implement that. So I think it was really good then to extend from there. That's great. How about you, Martin? Any takeaways from this experience? I don't know if I need to be in this podcast. I think Andreas said it again. Um, <laughs> Besides, uh, you need to go back go back and get your degree in, in biotechnology or something. <laughs> that'd be really fun. I think if I if I wasn't so advanced in years, that's something I'd consider. Uh, no, so product, this is a philosophical thing. But prototyping often has to straddle uh, or... or do two things at once which are not the same thing. So in software engineering, building a framework and designing a framework is very different to building an application or, or implementing some business logic. But in a lot of the prototypes, and, it's, and this is a really good example, uh, we have to do a bit of both. So we have to simultaneously deliver production near production value. So that means re implement real business logic as it stands, while uh, because the scope of that implementation is narrow while also delivering the guardrails or the, not guardrails, the, the frameworks needed to support the future implementation of, of the rest of the business logic. So uh, I think that mirrors what Andreas was just saying. Um, I think we it was hard because it was big and complex and new, but and there were lots of unknowns, but it was made... It, not easy, but made quite tractable by the way that the two teams worked. Like I think we, from our perspective, I, I found it really fun to work with them, and I'm interested in science generally, so it was exciting. But the teams gelled quite well, and they were a, a really great, great bunch, and and they were really good at sharing uh, the really deep sort of domain-specific knowledge they had, and were quite good at uh, listening to the technical guidance that we gave them. Yeah. Nice. It's always really gratifying when you have that instant connection, and I'm guessing, Andreas, it's like a little bit of kindred spirits, right, of, of uh, being in the, in not that we're going to compare ourselves to scientists, but, um, you know, being in that experimental space. For me, it's really exciting to actually have this combination of science and uh, engineering or technology. That's that's what I, one of the main things that I love about this. Yes, mm. yeah, the application of the science. That's what really, really got me. Um, really got me excited. 
It is exciting. Well, thank you both for being here with us today. We'll look forward to hearing more about Provectus algae and all of the amazing specialized ingredients and and uh, materials that you're that you're able to grow in your facilities there in, in Queensland. Thank you so much, Andreas. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And Martin, thanks as always for joining us. Always awesome, Sarah. Thank you. I'd like to thank our listeners for coming on today's journey with us. Innovation Ambassadors is a production of the AWS Media Series. Look for future episodes of our vodcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming platform. If you have ideas for future episodes or comments on this one, send us a tweet at hashtag AWS Innovation Ambassadors and share your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you.